Welcome to the Start Up to Something podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Matt. This is our weekly update where we share the ups and downs of building and growing our bootstrapped online businesses. And sometimes we ramble on about tech. What's up, Mark? Not much. You? Yeah, you know, getting by. Summertime. <laughs> enjoying myself. Yeah. Enjoying myself a little too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, same here. <laughs> How was your... I actually ate in a restaurant Friday. Shut up. Oh, I know, I know, so it was crazy. Throwing caution to the wind. Look at you. <laughs> yeah. Do you have your no, uh, good. two shots? No, not yet. Okay, yeah. I'm supposed to yeah. be... I'm getting my... Because uh, they ask you to wait eight weeks between doses. So, like, I'm riding the... Uh, I'll know when my appointment is, like, next week uh, to get my second... Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, when I got my first, they scheduled the second for like mm-hmm. Labor Day weekend, I think. Yeah. So already I want to change it. <laughs> but now they, with these new rules where they're trying to get you to reschedule for earlier, yeah. I think Wednesday is the day that I can reschedule it. Oh, nice. But that's not eight weeks, though. So I'm going to have to reschedule it for whatever eight weeks is from when, when I got it. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, that'll be end up being what what happens to me. I'll just reschedule it as close to the eight week eight week mark as possible. Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be tricky for me because that's right before I want to go on vacation. Man, same right before I go on my camping trip. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. you know, do I really want to risk it mm. getting sick right before leaving yeah. camping? And it sucks too because the uh, the effort from what I've heard from everyone, the second shot, the effects are are worse. Um, I was knocked out when I got my first, but I've been like my brother, my brother's a doctor and got his, uh, got his second shot and him and his girlfriend and a lot of their friends all had worse, um, worse, more intense side effects, I'll say Okay. after their second. Yeah, exactly. That's what I've heard. So I'm, I'm, I don't want to take it right before leaving on yeah. a camping trip. <laughs> now get in a car. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's not the time to get sick. Yeah. So how was your week? So would you, would yeah, you like yeah, um, it's it was it started off super frustrating. Okay, like because I I wanted to record this demo mm-hmm. of the Notion importer that I'm working on, right? So that I could put it in the landing page, and but my landlord who's retired, he, he was like renovating this the front steps, which was just below my window. Oh shit! <laughs> so like so he was like power sanding the steps, and it was so loud. I could not. Oh, I could not record. Obviously, even with the window closed, like I was, I could not drown out that sound. Yeah. So, but then I couldn't. I also couldn't work because it was just so deafening, like loud. <laughs> and because he's retired, he's taking his sweet old time. Like he'll do an hour here, you'll take a break. He'll do an hour there, take a break. And I have no way of knowing when will I have like three hours of silence. Mm-hmm. So it was really frustrating. Like, you know, like when you want to get something done, you can't, and it's out of your control. Uh, so, so then I just gave up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't blame you. I just like, fuck it. I'll just take this week off. Okay. So like I played pickleball four days last week. Nice. I started playing poker again. Okay. Yeah. Like reading my book in the sun. Mm. Good. I've been doing that on, on the other side of the building though, yeah. so I don't hear the sounding. <laughs> And yeah, or just spending time at the dog park with the dog. Like it's it's just been it's been great. That's awesome. Like just not not worrying about getting work done. Mm-hmm. 
I call it summer mode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's where it's like, no, no, like it's summer. And th- this is, this is why I'm an indie hacker. Yeah. <laughs> it's so that my, my revenue is not tied to my time. Yeah. Like, so when it's beautiful outside, okay, I want to take advantage of it. Just. Yeah. I feel like this is something that if you don't live in Canada and you're listening to this, you, <laughs> you don't understand <laughs> how the struggle is real, man. It's real. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, winter is fine. Like, you know, we can ski. There's lots of outdoor stuff to do. But winter is not summer. And when summer comes around, you've got to enjoy that. You've got to grab the bull by the horns. So I'm in the same boat. Like, the weather gets nice outside. And I'm like, I'd rather be in the park. And, like, people want to hang out. And especially now that COVID is ending. Like, oh, just, like, everything's coming to a head at this awesome time of year. And same, man. Like, I'm finding myself to be pretty unproductive. Like, last week was not the most productive. But, like... Yeah. I don't feel guilty about it at all because I'm outside enjoying the sun, planting my flowers, my garden is going, like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't know, like, what? what's the point otherwise? Like, yeah. if you're just going to work 80 hours a, a week, like, all year round, like, then I might as well just get a job. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, unless my goal was, you know, to become Bezos rich. Like, yeah. Right, but it's not. My, my, goal, my goal is to have the lifestyle I want and mm-hmm. to spend time with my family. And, mm-hmm. and summer is perfect. Like my daughter has finished college now, so okay. she's actually free. So we were able to hang out together. Awesome. It's like this, you know, in September, she's going to go to university. So mm-hmm. she's going to be super busy again. I'm yep. never going to see her. <laughs> so yeah, like this is when this is why I'm an indie hacker. Exactly. Yeah. Now that you put it perfectly. Yeah, I, I refuse to feel guilty about taking the time that I want to take when the opportunity presents itself. I mean, that's why I'm doing it. Yeah, totally. But I mean, I did I did do some work. Like I I, I still did support every day, mm-hmm. and I'm still time boxing it, so that that's good. Good. And uh, and I actually had to upgrade my server. Like um, mm-hmm. I'm, there's there's now enough customers on it that sometimes it would start to be a little laggy. Mm-hmm. So I just, yeah, just doubled the size of it. <laughs> that, was, that was really easy. And was that just migrating over and just relaunching the app on the new server? Yeah, I mean, it, uh, because it's not like such a critical service, like I just upgraded the server live. Oh, right on. Yeah. So, you know, so so yeah, it's unavailable for maybe five minutes mm. and then it's back up and working. Okay, so. Yeah, no, I... I I like to keep s- stuff simple, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm not like on AWS or yeah, like trying to overcomplicate it. Mm-hmm. Like I, eventually, I might have to, like, but uh, for now, I like to I like to scale vertically. So yeah, put it all on one server mm-hmm. with backups, and but then just grow it vertically. Mm-hmm. Running out of memory, just double the memory. Yeah, easy, yeah. Turnkey, oh, it's done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and the host that I'm using, like. There's plenty more vertical scaling I can do. Mm, that's cool. Uh, what host do you use? Yeah, I use Linode. Linode, okay. Yeah, it says, you know, it's like DigitalOcean. Yep. They were around before DigitalOcean, mm. and I did try at one point switch to DigitalOcean. Mm-hmm. Like right when they arrived, because they were bragging that all their hard drives were solid state. Yeah, so I remember faster. that. Yeah, so it's like, and of course they had free credits to try. Mm-hmm. So I, so I did. I switched. For, a, for another side project I had. But then I had a horrible experience with them. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> Where they just they just shut down my server for maintenance. And 
what didn't restart it and didn't restart it afterwards. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it was like, my server's down. What's going on? And then I go log into the console. And you see the log. It's like, oh, yeah, we had to shut it down for maintenance. Yeah, but did you think of turning it back on afterwards? <laughs> it was Yeah, it was ridiculous. So there's these things called cloud providers. <laughs> They're supposed to provide you infrastructure on some sort of managed basis. You don't seem to be managing this particularly well. Oh, my God. Yeah, so that was like, yeah, that was like a the done deal. It's like, yeah. nope, forget it. I'm going... I'm sticking with Linode. I've never had problems with Linode. Mm. Sure, sometimes they have to shut down my servers for maintenance, yeah. like an emergency problem with the disk array or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they restart it afterwards. <laughs> and they send you an email immediately. Yeah. Like, and often, often they even know, like, oh, we have to do an emergency maintenance. Your server will be shut down at 3 p.m. today. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, so at least I, I can give people a heads up. And I know that they'll restart it right after it's finished. Mm. Yeah, so, it, yeah, I'm, I'm sold on Linode. Yeah, no, I, I, I feel like I have so many opinions about this now. Of just like in the age of AWS, it's like no, everything has to scale horizontally. But then the complexity of everything you're trying to do is way higher. So all of a yeah, sudden exactly. now it's like, like AWS doesn't just let you. Oh, let me just. Um, upgrade this node. It's like, no way, man. Like, you got to back all that stuff up, move it off disk or to NFS, and then, like, boot up a new, newer, bigger instance, migrate stuff over, like, if you wanted to do it that way. Um, okay. And it, like, oh, my God. It was, like, so much more complicated versus, like, yeah. oh, I have a simple app that's working. I just want more memory. Now I have more memory. Yeah, exactly. Mm. They, and they resize. You also have a bigger hard drive. Mm-hmm. So they, they just resize it live for you. Mm. So yeah, you make sure you have a backup because that can always yeah. that can always fail. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, it's it's great. I mean, the only times I've ever had to to manually like do like you would have to do with AWS, well, you build another server, you and you prepare it all, and then you move over the data and your and your code. Mm. The only time I've had to do that is if I want to update the OS. Right. Because then you can do it without having downtime mm-hmm. or minimal downtime. Right. Yeah, I with all of the discussions I've been having these last few weeks with developers, um, I started asking them, like, what does your hosting look like? How do you host? Because it's interesting to talk to devs. It's like, because I feel like everybody spends money on different things. Some people buy books, some people don't. Some people, some people buy software and some people don't. But, like, everyone pays for hosting, <laughs> at least in some respect. And um, I definitely talked with a bunch of people that had the same frustration as me of... There is no clear, easy way to just host, to have a, a Docker image running somewhere and get SSL. Um, really? Yeah. It's, so I've, it, so it's, I, I explained, I saw, said this to somebody a little while ago and they were like, isn't that what Heroku is for? And man, like Heroku makes me feel so stupid. Like I can't make Heroku work. I've tried like three times okay. and I don't understand it. It's, I find it very complicated. Um, but like, yeah, like it, how easy it should be so easy to just be like, I built a Docker image, I pushed the image and my server restarted or whatever. Like my, um, I, I did like a blue green deploy and just popped it up and oh great. Now it's working. The new thing is there. And I get SSL because as soon as you want to use AWS for any of this, if you want SSL, you either have to do something pretty ridiculous with like servo bot or traffic or something if you don't want to pay $30 a month for a load balancer just to get SSL yeah. like hosting is fucking complicated um, 
I don't know. I, I'm mine is pretty simple. <laughs> so, so how do you how do you handle SSL? Oh no, we talk. Like I, yeah. I use yeah, I use Let's Encrypt. Yeah. So like I, I have a. With Linode, you can have these script that you automatically run on a fresh instance right. so that it installs whatever you want. And you, you can even save that image afterwards okay. and then create new virtual servers from that image. Okay. But I don't. Like, it's... I just... Uh, I have... You know, I have a script that installs Nginx with Let's Encrypt. Okay. So, like, a script that will just run to mm-hmm. update the SSL certificate every 90 days. Nice. And uh, and then yeah, Docker that runs in the background. Mm-hmm. So then you just put your image. I use a Doku, mm-hmm. D O K K U. Yep. It's like a Heroku clone, but it's open source. Mm-hmm. But it's only designed to run on one server. Right. So they don't do any load balancing mm-hmm. or clustering. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that, but that's that's what I like to do anyways. Like just start on a server yeah. and scale vertically. Okay. And yeah, the day that I actually have to scale horizontally, like, you know, even then, like, yeah, I mean, right now everything runs on the same server, including the database, including, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so a very simple scaling is I'll just move the database to its own server. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then, then, oh, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll have to put a load balancer and, and have multiple Nginx servers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, like, that's simple enough to do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I need to. So, I mean, I know AWS. It's like my platform of choice because I know it. But man, fuck that shit. I'm never using that shit again. What? Like, <laughs> I need to jump on this Linode train. Because I, yeah, like I was doing ridiculous stuff with. I was starting. Um, like I, I had. Uh, I'd never used Nginx before. Um, but I, I've seen like I there. Uh, I discovered traffic. It's just a load balancer, and it's it's all just Toml configuration. You can pop in a few um, Let's Encrypt things, and you get the, the certs. It all works. Um, but yeah, like it should be easier than it is. This is nice. I think I'm going to give this a try. Well, I mean, do you follow Peter Levels? Yeah. Yeah, like he constantly like likes to troll people on the fact that like Nomad List runs on a one virtual server. Yeah with a single PHP file <laughs> and he uses SQLite as a database. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> and this thing makes a quarter million dollar of revenue every month. Yeah. Like, Unbelievable. You know, it's like, yeah, like people over-engineer stuff. Mm. That's <laughs> and, so and, Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so at least I don't have one PHP file. <laughs> yeah, it's a little more sophisticated than <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, and I'm using a real database. But uh, but yeah, it just it all runs on the same server, mm. and I just I can just increase the memory when I need it, mm. and then eventually if I outgrow the biggest size they have, well then I can I can just move the database over to another server, yeah. and yeah, because because like Nginx when serving static content, it's super fast. Mm-hmm. Like you, there. I mean, yeah, it it might load faster if you had all your static assets. You know, on the edges sure. of, a, of a global CDN, but yeah, already complexity going up. It's already yeah, increasing. Exactly. More to manage. Yeah, cool. I don't know. Okay, the pr- proof proof that you have a business first. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I need to go. Like, <laughs> God, I I uh, I didn't realize how high my baseline was of just like, oh, of course, you're just going to use. AWS, it exists, it's there, you know it, why wouldn't you use it? And it's like, oh, because yeah. it's way more fucking complicated than everything else. Like, because I, when I was talking with about people, uh, talking about hosting with people, 
uh, my main frustration is I just want to be able to like have an account and just push a Docker container somewhere and have it work. And it sounds like that's yep. pretty damn close to what the configuration you've popped up. Yeah, that's what I have with Budoku. Mm. It's like it, it feels exactly like Heroku, okay. except it's all running on one server. Okay. So I just I just do git commit and then git push and yeah. that's it. That's it, dope. It builds it and it compiles it and mm. uploads it. And cool. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny because yeah, like I I've also always had this like peer pressure to like switch to AWS yeah, and, yeah. and do serverless and you know yeah, like, why aren't you using oh my God, big boy tools? I, yeah. Exactly. I'm such a dinosaur. Oh my god. <laughs> you know. But then like when I see Peter Levels do it, it's like, okay, I feel you know, I feel justified now. It's yeah. like I'm not the only one. Mm. Like you can run a business on one server. Yeah, you can. <laughs> you are you're allowed to run a business on <laughs> exactly. one server. <laughs> you don't need permission to not use fucking GCP or whatever, Azure. Yeah. Mm. Or Kubernetes. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you're not running a cube cluster? <laughs> Amateur <laughs> even hour. DevOps, bro? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, and also last week I had a really good Founders Club okay. meeting. Yeah, so in case people don't know, Founders Club is this club that we're both part of. It's run by Indie Worldwide, and uh, every week you're matched with another founder, and, and then you just schedule a call and just chat. And this guy that I met last week, he he's living the dream. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like he's opened my eyes to to white labeling. Okay. Like like I always knew what le- white labeling was, mm-hmm. but I mean, basically, he built a website builder tool, mm-hmm. you know, like Webflow or Wix. Sure. Uh, but it's but it's nameless. Like he 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 has no brand. Okay. Like he does he does zero marketing for it, and so he found some some partners like people who build websites and uh told them like here here's use my tool you know uh so then they do all the the selling like they use his tool to build websites Mm. and and some of his his business partners that he's teamed up with although it it doesn't sound like a a partnership it sounds more like an affiliate program like they go out and find other agencies that could use this software and he and they resell to those agencies. Hmm. So the product here is his white labelable or his white label. Um, I don't know what the right term is, but like it is built for white labeling and it is a website builder builder. Yeah. And he sells this to agencies that would then use it to build websites. Exactly. How does white labeling help there? Well, they, they get to use his, they get to charge the um, let's say they're building re- websites for restaurants right. in their local network mm-hmm. in their local market, so they would charge the restaurants for like a for, for the license to use this software. Sure, they pass that cost. On yeah, to the exactly. Okay, but the, but they keep a cut of the uh-huh. of the revenue, right? And they charge for the service of having built on their website. Oh, I see. So okay, so if we were to compare this against Webflow, for example. The agency pays for Webflow professional and they architect the website and then they say, great, you're all done. And then do they export the website and give it to their client and say, okay, bye. Yeah, I'm not sure about the technicality of it. Mm -hmm. 
whether it's exported or it's hosted. Right. But I think it's a recurring revenue. Like it's a, so I think it must be it must be hosted by his software. Okay. Yeah, because that would make sense if he if he provided a bunch of hosting that made it really easy, or there was well either way, like there, he takes care of this for the for the end customer. Um, the agencies are like, we like using your tool. This gives us a, a, a an ongoing relationship with our client. It's not just we build it and it's done and we disappear. Now we work, we get to work with them on a, on a continuous continual basis. Um, the white labeling, I'm not sure. I still, I'm not sure I understand okay. it. But. So, so yeah, let's use Webflow as an analogy. So yeah. imagine Webflow spent no money on marketing whatsoever. Yeah. Like they, they just provide this this tool to build websites visually, mm-hmm. and they provide the hosting. Mm-hmm. So, an agency would take Webflow and they would call it Website Express, mm-hmm. and it's a you know it's a website tool for building restaurant websites yeah and then they start selling it to restaurants mm-hmm. so they'll build the websites for the restaurants and then charge for the hosting okay. to use website express mm-hmm. but in essence it's just webflow with a different logo right okay interesting so that makes sense so he, that makes sense yeah so he doesn't do any branding any marketing mm-hmm. it's it's all like other people doing it okay sure like i believe there's a market for that that makes sense of just like hey work with me i take care of all the design take care of all the functionality and we host it for you for the for however much dollars a month and it gives the um because it's white label it also gives the agencies the ability to tune the price i would imagine for their clients yeah exactly Mm -hmm. and they and the agencies feel like they have a whole dev team working for them right like they can turn around and say hey could you add like image upload Uh, functionality yeah and he goes yeah sure or like a, a restaurant menu upload mm-hmm. functionality. Oh, okay, yeah. So then he, that's so the, you know because he knew himself like he he sucks at marketing. He hates it. Mm-hmm. He just wants to write code. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in this, you know, that's all he gets. These agencies asking for features. He'll go, sure, I'll add it. Okay. He adds it to the software, and then the agency's happy. Like they'll keep using his tool to build websites mm-hmm. because it basically it empowers them to to be more efficient and provide more functionality okay cool yeah all right that makes sense to me yeah cool yeah i mean it just seemed like he was expressing all the same problems that i have where you know i don't like doing marketing and and i'm not very good at branding or messaging any of those things so like yeah why not have other people do that for me yeah and but but an affiliate relationship Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, you don't have to like find a. Last week we we're talking about co-founders. You know, mm-hmm. like you don't have to find a co-founder and like incorporate and then figure out how to. It's just it's an affiliate relationship. Yeah, it's like whatever you sell, you keep a certain percentage of the revenue, and, and you get to use the software. Yeah, and you get a and tight you know, relationship with me, and I'll build features for you as you want them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And uh, and yeah, if you decide one day you do you don't want to do it anymore, well fine like you know I'll, I'll find other people that will do it yeah clever so did that give yeah. you some ideas for like is power importer going white label i know i know i was I, i've been thinking about it okay but no i i don't i don't see exactly i didn't find a solution of how to how to do it with power importer mm. like already agencies are discovering me mm-hmm. and yeah they they all they they start using it for different clients so it becomes obvious that that's what they're doing 
but they're not they're not I mean they're not uh, directly passing on the cost to their customer right like they're not saying you need to pay fifty mm-hmm. dollars a month for power importer right. they just they say well we'll, we'll We'll manage your site for a hundred bucks a month, right. and then Power Importer's cost is is in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm thinking to myself, I wonder how agencies do this. Uh, do this by that I mean, what costs they choose to pass on to their client, and which ones they choose to eat. Because like something like yeah. hosting makes sense, right? Because like, of course, you would pass that on to your to your customer. I mean that. That's the the value they're getting is that their website continues to exist. That's a, that is a that is a cost that they should bear. Um, yeah. and Webflow even has that built in. Like you can you can invoice your customer through Webflow, and you can even add your markup to it. Right. So it's interesting to think like, well, I'm using this tool, but this is a tool that I'm using to generate value for you but you should pay for it instead of just paying yeah. like I, I it's kind of it's kind of strange but like if agencies exactly. are doing it then but that's why it doesn't feel right for power importer mm-hmm. like because i think it's more like the agency will quote a price to the client mm-hmm. all right like we have to build all this with no code mm-hmm. so they quote something and then the customer says okay but then it, instead of having to have to build it yourself with Zapier or mm-hmm. Integromat. You just use a tool like Power Importer that does it all out of the box. Yeah. So then you save time, you save trouble, you know, save all the trouble of like having to debug it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you want to advertise it to the client that that's what you did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's interesting to think about it because I don't know, if it were me, I would probably say like, well, there's this ongoing fee and rather than explain the breakdown of like $10 a month is this and $20 a month is this, it's like, well, for your for your app to be live in production, this is how much it costs per month. Like they, customers, do they care about that? Do they care that like, oh, give me the breakdown of, of, of this $100 a month. It's like, no, this is what it costs to run a website. Yeah, I agree. But it's kind, but it's kind of weird though, right? Like when, when I was thinking of doing this to building no code websites for people, mm-hmm. My idea was that it's it was a selling feature that I was building it with no code because then they could take full ownership of it right. afterwards and they don't have to pay me anymore. Mm-hmm. But in this case, that that's not what they're doing, right? Yeah. They're like, keep paying us. And I mean, I, at that point, you may as, it may as well all be custom code. They don't care. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm paying you to operate it. Mm-hmm. Why would I Why would I care how you did it? Mm-hmm. Totally. But but uh, I'm not even sure if this is the majority of use cases. Right. I think a lot of agencies do not do the recurring like maintenance cost or yeah, because that's the beauty of Webflow is that no after that once we've delivered the site you can make modifications yourself. Mm. You don't have to hire a designer to like to go change a headline. Right. Mm. So I'm not sure. Yeah. There's something interesting. Not sure if, I know exactly. It's like maybe not for Power Importer, but it definitely got me thinking for my next thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, I would like to try this where I'm just in charge of building the platform and other people resell it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, just thinking out loud, like thinking about like Software Social, for example, if you were going to use Colleen's product to for simple file upload, you say, well, I'm going to build this and I'm going to use simple file upload because it, you know, maybe it would co- it would take me five hours to implement this, or I can use simple file upload 
that'll take me five minutes, and then you have a recurring cost of $10 a month or something like that. So it's a good trade for you because my my hourly, hourly rate is a lot more than the monthly rate annualized over however many years that simple file upload would get you. So that's a cost that they're saying, I'm passing this on to my customer, to my end customer. And if their site is going to continue to work, they have to pay this bill. And it would be kind of interesting to think about that as white label or not. Because maybe you're like, well, I built this site, but we didn't negotiate a, like a, or we couldn't come to terms on a long-term agreement. So maybe we do, we have like a six-month agreement and then they take over main. Now, if you had white labeled it, or if you were interested in white labeling it, that would be a selling point to keep the, the relationship alive. We have a relationship via this piece of software, via simple file upload. Or you could say, there is no long-term support role, and these are the bills for the services that you need to pay. So it's kind of like they have this option now of saying, like, well, we can right. run it through us, or we could just run it through, the, through our vendors. Yeah. Just, just last week, Colleen was talking about uh, maybe a Webflow integration mm -hmm. for simple file upload. Yeah. And she was talking with Chris from JetBoost. Oh, right on. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I wonder if that could be an example of where instead of building it all herself, she could just find someone that's going to white label it mm -hmm. and call it, you know, like simple Webflow file uploader. Yeah. <laughs> find a better name than that. <laughs> but <laughs> well, well, you know, actually, this is an interesting point. Uh, and I can edit this out if if you think this idea is too good and I should take it off the air. But I've been thinking about it, especially <laughs> with no code, like the more proliferation you have around paid monthly tools to be able to build a no code site properly. Like if you want to use JetBoost and you want to use Power Importer, like maybe there is this kind of white label, white labelable suite of tools that come together. And you say like, look, I, I want to, I'm building a site, but you, you, the end customer, don't really care what technology I use. You just care how much does it cost and what is the ongoing cost. And to be able to take all that and bundle it, I mean, that's white labeling if I've ever heard of it. So maybe an answer there is as these tools proliferate, bundling them in a opaque, I don't know if it's opaque or transparent, but, you know, bundling it in a way that makes sense for the, for the end customer to just, you know, I pay my bill and that's it. And all of the vendors, they're getting recommended because... Matt's no-code agency is using them, so they're getting paid out, and I'm doing, I as an agency are, am, am promoting them. Yeah, no, for sure there is there is uh, an opportunity to do some bundling. Mm -hmm. I'm, I already I've, I've been starting to think about extra importers I want to add mm -hmm. that don't, they by themselves don't seem to make any sense. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, I want to add uh, a way for you to, to design a Webflow form and when someone submits it, it inserts that record into Airtable. Right. So that doesn't seem like like a big deal. You you know you might even say, oh well, I think this no code tool can do that. You know. Mm -hmm. But if you're already a Power Importer customer and you're using Airtable as your backend, right. it's like this is more of a. It's also another tie-in. It's like yeah, here's mm -hmm. this extra component I can use. So now my Webflow forms send stuff to my Airtable, right. which I'm syncing with Power Importer, and it's like it's part of that it, that of my web stack. Mm -hmm. It's part of my stack. Totally. So I think yeah, I think there is opportunities there, and you know, like maybe you know, I, I I said I would never do a search, but maybe a search component, right, is like would be part of that bundle also. Mm -hmm. It's like yeah, why you know why are you going to spend have it to have another subscription for JetBoost when 
this really simple search will will do and it's part of your power importer bundle yeah this is very interesting it, but this is i'm just thinking out loud here yeah <laughs> i was not, like the Airtable form i was i was thinking of doing it but uh not, not the search the search is like yeah it's i, yeah. I see <laughs> i see how much support chris has and how much javascript is involved and it's like nope yeah i don't want to do that hmm. Interesting, because I wonder how many, how other products with ecosystems like this kind of work. Like when I worked for, so I worked for a uh, for a company called AppDirect that was a it was marketplace software, and um, uh, we did a, a lot of what we did was billing, not kind of like enterprise billing, but we would um, a big project I worked on for a long time was around bundling apps together. So maybe you pay for. Um, you know, maybe we have a bundle called the you know starter business starter pack, and it's a subscription to Office 365 and G Suite and Photoshop and you know whatever some other things. And it's like, how do the billing dates tie together? Um, can you get? Can I discount them by pulling them together? And you pay one rate or you pay one flat fee for the year, and then things renew on their own terms. Like there's all sorts of like weird things around this, but it would make sense that channels would do this. That oh, I bundle apps together and I save, or I or they work together in an interesting way through configuration or other things. Yeah, exactly. You know, like like JetBoost is a perfect example. Like, you know, Chris is using the Webflow API to to get all those records into onto his server, so then he can search the stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And I have the exact same setup. Like I have all their CMS content on my server also, but not for searching to detect what has changed. Right. But it's like, you know, we're, we already have the same infrastructure there, right? Mm-hmm. Like you could do the bundling like more efficiently. There's definitely a play to, to be done. I don't know if it's just, it simply is going to be mergers, mm-hmm. like merger and acquisitions mm-hmm. where JetBoost will buy Power Importer or. <laughs> And then they'll, they'll they'll buy the no code analytics tool that's out there, and right? Some form builder, mm-hmm. you know, like all the little guys. Yeah. Buy them all out and have a big bundler. Yeah. The power bundle. <laughs> power booster. Uh, that was exactly what I was going to say. Power boost. Let's go. Get that hashtag. Let's trending. make it happen. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Cool. I feel like I just got a very interesting look inside your world that I never understood. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I I don't actively think about all that though. Like, yeah. like right now, it's I'm thinking about the other importers I can build mm-hmm. that have. I mean, my my goal is that that side project that I'm that I'm trying to build. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the goal is to have a lot of these examples of like, all these tools working together. Mm-hmm. So often I identify little holes in there, you know, like, like, well, it sucks that there's no easy way to like, to take a Webflow form and send the data into Airtable. So then it would work well with Power Importer. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, that, I should just build that, mm-hmm. just build that in one missing link. And then I can have a full, fully operational example. Yeah. And the obvious next one is membership sites. There's MemberStack, there's Outseta. Like, again, the same people are always building the same things. Like, with with member stack, you you have some member information and you want to put it into your Webflow CMS. Mm. So the goal is to yeah to build all those Lego blocks. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's a great way to put it. Cool. Yeah, there's so many businesses, right? Yeah, just 
bundling or unbundling. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. You, you either unbundle Reddit yep. or Craigslist, or you do the opposite. You bundle a bunch of plugins for, for Webflow. So on, on the summary there, I see a, a really interesting one. <laughs> <laughs> that I wanted you to explain. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so my week. So let's start out by talking about networking sites. So Founders Club <laughs> is great. I think Anthony does a great job. We get matches. Your matches, all my matches show up, which is yeah. great. But there's a lot of these sites that have started to pop up. So I, um, when I was trying to interview people, I was like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to sign up to as many of these as I can, and I'm just going to have them feed me people. And based on the quality, I'll either continue with it or I won't. And um, these sites are interesting, but the problem is they, like, I'm not going to beat around the bush. Like, the problem is they want access to your network. I mean, that's what makes their systems stronger. The more people they have, the more the, the, the more matches they can make, um, the bigger pool of people, the, the better matching they can do. So, of course, when you sign up, they say, well, in order for you to sign up, we need access to your Gmail contact. Whoa. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I really don't want to do this. I'm very hesitant to do this. And then they have a big thing that's like, we will never email. Or th this is how I remember the onboarding. Like, we will never email them without asking for your permission first, whatever. So I said, all right, I'm willing to give this a try. So I, I accepted it. And I get onto the platform. And I was really enjoying it. So the, you can go on and you kind of sift through people on the platform to in almost like a Tinder style thing of like, oh, is this, a, is this description of a person something you're interested in and that kind of thing? So I'm going through and the UI is geared as fuck to get you to approve sending an invite email to somebody in your network. Oh my God. And I'm just like, okay. I, like I'm, I'm just I feel so stupid because I saw this and I was like I get what this site is I know why they're doing it I'm doing my best to not send emails to people from this platform and I just know I'm gonna send an email to somebody and they're gonna be like what the fuck is this so I'm very careful when I interact with the site so um, I'm going through and you know at some point it's asking you like oh should these two people meet and um, they look like they have profiles on the site. So I was like, oh, they're already here. That's cool. Yeah, they should meet. And that's not, yeah, send them an email to tell them to meet. That's just, <laughs> oh, well, if they're already here, yeah, they should meet. Yeah, that's not what this platform is doing. Aww. So I get a message on Friday afternoon from a friend and they're like, hey, I got an email from this app. Who is this person that you think I should meet? And I was like, what are you talking about? I've never sent anything. So he forwarded, forwarded me the email. And this fucking site emailed the two people that they had pulled out of my call. Well, emailed at least one. I haven't heard from the other one. But he was like, yeah, what, I, he said, it says your name. And it's like, you should meet this other guy. And I'm just like, man, I'm so sorry that you got spammed by this. And I immediately contacted their support. And I flamed them. Like just, <laughs> God, these, these sites are just assholes. Like... This is what Founders Club does so well. Like, they're, Anthony's not a dick. Like, he's not trying to just grow the network. He, that's what it is. He's growing the network himself. He's not relying on gamifying or trying to be skeezy about taking our network and dumping them into the platform. Right. And so the, it, it grows by virtue of the people that Anthony attracts, not necessarily the people that, like, you or I attract. Um, 
Although, I mean, like, we give glowing glow, glowing recommendations for Founders Club, so hopefully people join the platform. I think it's great. But Jesus Christ, like, the spam is ridiculous. It's so unprofessional. I was so embarrassed yeah, when this yeah. fucking platform start, emailed this dude in my network. Because I'm like, oh, man, like, uh, I now I have to explain this. I, I really hope it went to this. If it emailed anyone else, I hope it went to spam. Because I don't want my name attached to any of this. Um, I'm so mad. So, yeah, I, I wrote a thing and was like, you know, starting out of like, I understand you're trying to increase your network. I understand you're trying to do this. I understand all this stuff. Don't fucking do this. You're spamming people and it's so unprofessional. Like, the thing I wrote in there was, um, you know, like, if I wanted somebody to join this platform, it could be the best thing in the world. And I think, you know what? I really think that Mark would, would benefit from being on this platform. I would send you an email personally. I wouldn't send yeah. it to you through the app. Like, no, I would email you personally. And exactly, it's just like, oh man, it just makes it so much worse when the thing is like, oh, we'll just automatically send the email. Like, get out of here! Oh my god. Yeah. No, exactly. It's the fact that it makes it. It made it look like they were already members. Yeah. That it, and they they just asked you a question. They didn't say, do you want to introduce these two yeah. people? Or and I can tell you, like they, um, I bet you that they had that text on that page and I bet you it was one pixel fucking wide <laughs> tall so you could so you could barely see it and they're like oh well we did warn you that we were going to eat oh great thanks yeah motherfuckers oh my god oh, that is horrible yeah horrible so I yeah I wrote them a thing and was like I'm deactivating my account immediately I'm like I, I don't know that I'm done with all of these platforms but like I, oh man, I, it's because, I mean, it all comes back to, I gave them access to my Gmail contacts. I asked for this. Yeah. I asked for it, like, and I was proven wrong. That was a red flag. Yep, I was proven right. So, yeah, I, uh, it, yeah, I, I, I don't know why I did that to myself. I, yeah, I, I feel so frustrated. God, I'm, I'm sweating now, just remembering <laughs> Friday. Oh my God. But yeah, no, I, I get, like, yeah, the worst part is I understand what their incentives are. And I just hate them anyway. Like, yeah, I, I hate everything yeah. about you. I, uh. No, exactly. Like, like you say, Anthony, the growth is really organic. Like, mm -hmm. I, I recommend it to a bunch of people, but like organically, not because yeah, you know, that some pop up came up and tr tricked me into it. Exactly. Yeah, because I co-sign. Like, I co-sign Founders Club. I think it's great. People sh and like, it turns out I've, I've, I'm on a couple of these like you know, network sites, whatever. And I understand people are busy. But I'm probably batting 50% of people showing up. So it's like, if you don't show up, a lot of people are like, oh yeah, let's reschedule. And I'll be like, no problem. Here's like a calendar link or one's good for you. And I never hear back. So it's like, you either show really? up and we have a match and the matches are usually good um, or they don't show up at all. But for Founders Club, everyone shows up. Like, no, I don't think I've yeah. ever had anyone cancel on me. No, no, exactly. So yeah, I I don't know what Anthony is doing to make, to make Founders Club as good as, good as it is, <laughs> but it's, it's fucking working. And these other platforms yeah. are just brutal. Well, I mean, I guess that's it. They're not trying to build a community. They're just trying to bring an asset. They're yeah. trying to build an asset that they can sell. Yeah, that's such a good point. Yeah, because th that's really true. Like, yeah, Anthony, the founder of, of Indie Worldwide and Founders Club, he's building a community. That's what it is. So the matches are always good because you're, of course, you're matched with other people in a community of people that are doing this. They're doing like-minded things. Oh, my. Yeah, I'm flustered. I got the vapors. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember. I, I've... Maybe it's LinkedIn. I think 
I, I was on LinkedIn a few weeks ago. I Ooh. told you because I wanted to see if people were posting this this bro broetry. Oh yes, of course, yeah. <laughs> and and I think they had a, a dark pattern like that. Ooh. I think. I mean, they have so many. I'd say fifty percent of the crap I see on LinkedIn is all generated by LinkedIn, right? It's not like organic activity from from the people I follow. Mm. It's going to be like. This person's celebrating an anniversary. Congratulate them. It's like it's all this fake engagement. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I think I, I think there was a dark pattern like that where it looked like someone had sent me a message. Mm. But it wasn't. It was like a, suggest, a suggested notification. I, was some, I really don't remember what it was. But I remember like I was about to like click like confirm or something and then I read it closely and oh wait no they didn't send me this message this is a suggested connection like I thought it was like someone sent me a, a request to connect but it wasn't no it was a suggested I connection see. and it's like oh man I almost clicked yeah. that nice try LinkedIn nice try yeah product manager somewhere in that organization read traction and they're like yeah. how can I get people as stuck on this as possible I need referrals yeah. fuckers otherwise <laughs> how was your week <laughs> yeah yeah so otherwise week was good um, so still doing some freelancing work and I found something interesting has been happening around that so um, you know I picked up the freelancing work make a little bit of money and it's kind of nice to just code for a little while <laughs> I mean like yeah not just code into the ether but like add value to somebody else's organization it's a nice break um but it's funny it really takes me back to the work i was doing when i was working part-time for my old job before i left it's not that many hours a week but it really i can yeah i've been doing it for about three weeks or more and i can really already see the laziness creeping in of like i worked on tuesday wednesday i typically freelance tuesday wednesday and, you know, Monday we record, but I get some work done in the day. And then, you know, Thursday, Friday are the big, okay, big blocks of time where I can get stuff done. And I'm finding that I'm, I'm getting a little bit lazy. Like, I'm, like, if I don't sleep super well on Wednesday night and Thursday rolls around, I'm kind of, uh, you know, let me start, start a little later. I'm just not, I'm not getting after it in the same way. And I can't let this happen. Like, I'm still going out and trying to get interviews and my velocity there has slowed. And I'm okay with it for right now. Um, I'm okay with trading for money at the moment just so I can replenish my coffers a little bit. But I'm, I kind of have my eyes off the prize of just like, wh where am I going next? And I'm trying to be really conscious, uh, co conscious <laughs> of this. That I mean, I'm, do I'm out here doing this for a reason. I'm trying to, I, I want to build a product. I want to meet more people. I want to do more things. And I don't want, uh, I don't want a side gig to like all of a sudden destroy my motivation to to move forward. I mean, yeah, great. Like it's, you know, the side gig is supporting, is helping me to make a little bit of money and I'm learning and, you know, whatever. I mean, there are benefits, but I don't want that to be the only reason that I'm, uh, the, the only thing that's driving me to get work done. Like that's bullshit. Yeah. It's not easy. The ni nice thing is that you called the freelancing job your side gig. Yes. That's a good sign. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> Usually it's the opposite. Usually it's a side project. And that's true. Yeah, because that's—I mean—that's absolutely 100% the way I need to work. Like that is—that is just a thing I'm doing over here. It—it it it, it gets its days over there, and that's it. Um, but yeah, the focus really is finding a product to build and finding people to to sell to. 
And for the freelancing job, is there like an end in sight? Like, is there a termination date? Uh, no, so we don't have a termination date set up because um, it's really like I, I, the plan right now for the project is very milestone based. Like, he's got a very clear goal in mind for where the project needs to go. Um, that won't take me too long. Um, I mean, it's always tough when you only work a couple days a week of like, what really is your velocity? Um, but uh, every time I sit down, I, I take big bites out of out of the project. So um, I. I mean, like, I don't see this, I mean, at least getting to the first milestone, um, that it's like, you know, a few more weeks of work, maybe three weeks of work, I think. And then from there it's, um, okay, well, how do we want to expand it so that you can get more different work done? How can you do more experiments? How can you ask more questions? It's in the crypto space. And, um, the question I guess will become how many more, how, how much deeper of a question, uh, sorry, how many more deep kinds of questions does he want to ask about his data and how can I fulfill those or help him to develop solutions to be able to answer those questions? Um, and how interested am I in continuing to do that? Because like, you know, right now I'm making a bit of money. I'd like to kind of recover a little bit of funds and then um, go back to working full time on stuff. Because like, you know, I, I was mentioning before we started recording um, I, you know, in, in conversations I've been having with friends, I've just kind of said, oh, you know, I picked up a freelance contract, so I'm doing a bit of work. And people are saying, oh, geez, if you're looking for work, like, I've got some contracts I could send your way, like, I've got work for you. So I'm realizing, like, oh, wow, if I wanted to, I could always have a job on the go, um, working X. I mean, it, it's it'll always depend based on the contract. If some are like, we don't care, but these are our timelines, do what you got to do. Um, it'd always be nice to work a couple days a week making money for somebody else. It gives me you know, ideas of what the kinds of problems businesses have and that sort of thing. Um, but it's nice to have, um, it's nice to know that like, I'm not going to starve <laughs> yeah. and I, I don't have to go full time in order to not starve. Like there's opportunities out there to continue to freelance. Yeah. And what, what are the things that people don't like about freelancing is, is that stress of having to find the next gig, yeah. right? So yeah. So if they're all landing in your lap now with no effort, mm -hmm. yeah, that's the life. Mm -hmm. right? yeah. That's like, and I mean, you could just stay in that mode mm. until the one doesn't fall in your lap. And then you say, all right, no stress. Now I'm indie hacker full time again. Yep. Yeah, I've been thinking about that as well. Like, I just want to make sure that, well, yeah, it's funny because this is all coming together into a soup of like, this stuff is taking my time over here. And then there's some other stuff that I need to be, I need to be on point if I'm going to be doing it. And I, it can't be any like oh well, I earned my money already this week or like any of that bullshit like it's gotta be you gotta attack every day and I feel like lately um, you know I mean summer is here I'm at the park things are opening up I'm drinking a little bit more beer than I normally do and that's fun <laughs> it's fun to get outside and see people but it's affecting my sleep and if I'm not waking up if I'm not in the right frame of mind on like a Friday morning or something because I, I went out a little bit on Thursday like, no, that's the wrong shit. I got to cut that stuff out and leave it to Friday. Right. Because um, I can't be, I can't waste my time. I, I got to guard my, like, I, it, it's so funny. Like, I, when I left my, when I was working part-time before, I was thinking like, oh, I got to break my time up so I can protect my maker time. And now I'm letting my maker time be taken by beer. Like, I can't, <laughs> I can't let it happen. Like, this is, it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm blow, I, I don't want to blow a shot because I'm, I decided, oh, I wanted to have a beer in summer. But 
I also want to be good to myself it's, at the same yeah. time. So I it, it's hard. I mean, I'm, I suck at multitasking. <laughs> like I, I can't. Yeah, I've tried. I've tried this mm. doing something on the side while doing while working on for someone else, and I, I just can't do it. Mm. So yeah, I don't know. I don't have any advice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not drinking during weeknights is might be an example of something you can yeah, do. Like, that's to really protect those two days. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like no, no, I'm not. I'm not going out late on those days because I I want to be productive the next day. Yeah. Or or find something else that motivates you mm-hmm. to make sure that you do work during those days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, my default state is to make sure that my body is in the, in the right configuration to to work, and that means exercising, that means sleeping well, and like beers interact. If beers interacting and interfering with that, then great. It needs to be cut out at least for the week. Fridays are. Fridays are more than enough time to have a few drinks and a few laughs. There's no reason to extend yeah. past that. Um, but yeah, I mean, and the nice thing too is right now I have a contract. It's making me some money and it's good. And maybe with this experiment, I discover that, oh, you know what? Multitasking, multitasking is really hard and I don't do it well. All right, great. No more multitasking. Or really yeah. be very careful about the kinds of tasks you decide to pick up. Like maybe the, maybe the better holding pattern is freelance full-time for a month and take a month off of indie hacking to make money so that you can really focus on one thing at a time. Yeah, yeah, that might be a good... But yeah, I mean, at least right now, the nice thing is that um, I don't have to... I, I, you know, I don't have to have crazy velocity during the day because I'm focused on getting interviews with people, interviewing managers, that sort of thing. And that's very, like... It doesn't... It's not really deep work. It's like reaching out to my network and probing people on LinkedIn... And it's like, it, I, I, it reminds me a lot of when you talk about advertising, or not advertising, but marketing. Like, oh, sprinkle some over here and sprinkle some over here and kind of jump yeah. between, jump from flower to flower. I'm like, oh yeah, it's very similar in that way. Yeah, and, and you can batch it. Yes. Right. So you did talk to more people last week? No, I, I've been having trouble booking okay. people. And also I ended up taking Friday off because I woke up and I didn't sleep well. Beer was involved, but I sleep didn't sleep very well on Thursday. On Friday, the weather was so beautiful. I was like, oh, I'm just going to call it off. And I was at the park and I'm like, yeah. I'm not doing this again. Like <laughs> plan a vacation and go take a vacation because breaks are good and you probably need one. But, you know, don't fuck off. <laughs> you should be working. Like, come on, man. When when is the move again? Uh, the twenty sixth. Twenty sixth. Yeah. Okay. So that's gonna throw a wrench in things. Right. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't really. I I, I did the same thing last week. Right. I took <laughs> I took it easy. Yeah. But I mean, I think the uh, I think the big thing to think about here is like flexibility is very good. Like you know, we 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 do what we do so that we have flexibility. And I know what good work looks like. I know what hard work look, looks like. And I'm not, I don't look at myself and think like, oh, you're a lazy piece of shit for taking a day off in the summertime after like meeting up with friends after a pandemic and drinking beer. Like, how could you? Right. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> I think what I did was totally reasonable and it, it, it leverages the flexibility that I've built in my life. And I, I feel okay about that. Yeah. But there's, you should. <laughs> there's a difference between uh, uh, an anecdote and a trend. And it's like, all right, well, let's take steps to make sure that, like, I want to be trending upward and uh, and making progress. Yeah. <laughs> Beer's delicious. What can I say? It's, <laughs> it's very nice. I like it. So, yeah, that was really my week. I uh, My goals for this week are uh, doing more interviews, like trying to secure more interviews. Um, I've been trying to do more 
um, looking around of things, of just getting inspired. Like, I feel like when artists want to get inspired, they go to, they go into nature or they go to museums or be around other artists. And I'm just looking for, I feel like I'm kind of missing a bit of inspiration. Um, but I, uh, lately I've been seeing things like, um, on Founders Club or any worldwide, someone shared a really cool spreadsheet and it was a list of Chrome plugins downloaded from the, uh, it was a directory of Chrome plugins, and it was the high ratios of lots of, or high number of downloads to low rating score to get an idea of like, oh, what are the most used apps that everyone hates? <laughs> and it's kind of fun right. to like sit down and, oh, ooh, that's kind of interesting. Like, what's this app? Oh, I wonder what this is doing. And, oh, I wonder why it's rated so low or this or that. Like, it's, yeah, it's very interesting to see the trends people have and what they download and why. Yeah, I saw that pass by, I think, on Hacker News. Okay. Yeah, it's really yeah. interesting. Like, But each time I see those things, it's like, oh, it's too late. Right. <laughs> not, a, not that it's out there. Everyone is going to be looking at mm-hmm. it. It's like, you know, like if there's a neat nugget of gold in there, someone's already picked it out. Yeah. It's like uh, markets and automated trading and that kind of thing. It's like, oh, I have a little yeah. bit of edge because I've seen this document. Oh, edge is gone. It's, it's Now it's public information. Edge is gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm not looking for new business ideas. Yeah. So, but yeah, like often, like oh, when I listen to my first million, you know, I hear ideas oh, and it gives man. me new ideas. Oh, that's such a good idea! Yeah. But then I think, yeah, but you know, three hundred thousand other people just heard this idea. Yeah, totally. <laughs> my my wife and I do that every time we make a grocery list for the week. Like the the, the worst question we ask one another is, "What do you want to have for dinner this week?" And it's just like, oh, Jesus Christ, this question again. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and it, we need to solve oh this. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah. And, yeah. So, I, we keep thinking about like, oh, should we get a deep freeze? Because then we can leverage Costco more. And it's like, yeah, but that doesn't help you to decide what to eat. You just have more shit in the freezer. Like, then you, have, you still have to defrost it. So, yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, like every, every Sunday, I feel like my wife and I brainstorm new business ideas of how to solve this problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because yeah, I actually heard of, um, through some of my interviews talking about remote work um, people were people were talking about um, you know I'm working from home now so lunch has become more of a problem just like what, do I, what am yeah. I going to eat and it's like I can't just keep Uber eating like fried food or whatever I need to find like a <laughs> I need to find like a long term solution to this lunch problem so lunch for developers I don't know what the solution is there but I mean I've I saw the the opposite. Lunch became so much simpler. Oh, really? When, when I started working from home. Mm. Yeah, like just, like lunch was always complicated. Like, like how do I pack a lunch, mm-hmm. right? Or, or oh my, I got to eat fast food every day, right? It's like the, one is a chore and the other one's not healthy. So I was like, yeah. but at home, it's like, I have a fully functional kitchen right here. Yeah, that's true. And a fridge full of food. It's like, yeah. And I'm the kind of person that doesn't mind eating the exact same thing every single day. That is the greatest gift. Like I, I'm the, it's a blessing. I'm the same way. <laughs> I have the same breakfast. I've had the same breakfast for ten years. Yeah. Yeah. It's like no, oh, I can eat the same lunch for a whole year. Like, no, no, no qualms about yeah. it. Yeah, I'm a food prepper, so it's just like you have one big haul and like pre-make stuff for the week, get everything all done together. Um, so it's not really a problem for me, but. I, I, there are some of the people I spoke to definitely were like, I, I just keep Uber eating. Right. It's like, yeah, I don't really, I, I guess like at this point, people probably don't notice 
the uptick, well, I mean, this is me reading between the lines, I guess, but like in general, we're not spending much on more stuff because we're not getting out because of pandemic, but maybe, uh, you know, when things roll around and we start to get more active and be out and spend money on the things we used to spend money on, like, I'm spending quite a lot actually on lunch. Yeah. So what are your goals for the week? What are you, what are you thinking about? So my landlord has finished the renovations. Okay, <laughs> well, I think at least allowed the renovations. Oh, okay. I think now he's just going to paint the steps. That's quiet. Sure. So yeah, I, I definitely want to finish this Notion importer. The side project, uh, I did get a hold of my designer. And yeah, he's he's in a rush right now working on something else. And so yeah, so I don't know exactly what to do. Mm. It's like I don't... I don't feel like I can pressure him to do it. <laughs> it's like, you know, this is, he was, I'm not paying him to do it. So obviously he's going to prioritize paying work. Um, are there other designers that might fit the bill that you might be able to pay? Do you have budget? Would you have a, a bit of budget to spend on this? I have no idea how much something like this costs. Yeah, throwing it out there. Yeah, I think, I think I'd be fine with someone on Fiverr, I think. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't need some big fancy design. So yeah, I could I could just hire someone to, to do it, or anybody in some of those uh, in some of the no code communities you've been a part of. Like I don't know how many designers. Actually, I guess that's probably a good question because you have a lot of makers there. I don't know if those makers also do design if they're if they're just making. But um. yeah, for the kind of level the, the kind of design I need, I think I think a lot of them could do it. Yeah, but then it becomes the same problem of like asking someone to do it like as a collaboration. Right. No, I think. Yeah, I think I'll, maybe I'll just hire someone to make the site, and then I'll get the designer to contribute the part that he did make. Right. So, do you think that'll be your one thing for the week, focusing on unblocking the part project? It probably should be, but <laughs> I don't know why. Like, so part of me is just frustrated with it mm-hmm. and just wants to work on the Notion importer yeah, now. That's fine. Yeah, I guess it would be fine because yeah, because if you know, if I do that and then. The designer becomes available next week. Well, then it's like, oh, problem solved itself. Yeah. yeah, you get to work with the person that you wanted to work with, and yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not, I don't have to go find someone. And so yeah, that's probably what I'm gonna do. Keep working on the Notion one. Mm-hmm. Now I can actually record the demo. Yeah, cool. So yeah, that's my plan. Sweet. There's no more pickleball, so uh, I will have more free time now. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to see if I can find a court. I've never played, but. I hear it's very fun. Yeah, it's lots of fun. Like, and also, so all week it was just my wife and I, and the goal was to to get better so that we could beat the kids uh, Friday night. Nice. <laughs> Did it work? <laughs> no. Oh, shit. <laughs> Good effort. Nope. Yeah, they 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 beat us two to zero, like two games. So then we switched the teams up. Yeah. That's the, that's the fun thing about teenagers is that you can actually play sports with them, but the downside is that they can actually beat you. Yeah. They're, they're competition. Yeah. You can't dunk on a... It's hard to dunk on an 18-year-old the way you do a toddler. Exactly. Cool. So I don't have anything else. Uh, what do you think? Nope. Same here. Oh, cool. Cool. All right. I'm going to get back to work then, I think. All right. Yeah. So I'll talk to you next yeah. week. Catch you next week. Awesome. Later.